Welcome to Day Zero Update for July 17th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Janra Victoria. And yeah, we've got a big week this week. A bunch of stuff has happened. Uh, we have a few acquisitions uh, to talk about. One, uh, two that seem pretty all right, and one that seems uh, kind of rotten. Uh, we'll get to that stuff here a little later. Uh, we got a number of games getting dates and such uh, that, you know, it's getting uh, later in the summer. And if you're coming out later this year, you need to be talking about that uh, pretty soon. Yep. Uh, so there's that. We got uh, a couple bits of EA news. A couple mm-hmm. things going uh, free that you may not have expected. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we got a surprising news out of Japan from Nintendo. We'll talk about that. And uh, yeah, we got the upcoming uh, PlayStation Plus stuff for the rest of July here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get to all of that, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. And I will kick it off here. I've been playing some Escape Academy that is on uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. It's on Game Pass as well. And as you can probably guess from the title, it is related to Escape Rooms. I believe this is a game that was made by people that used to make and run Escape Rooms. That then when the pandemic hits, kind of, you know, had nothing to do. Uh, Was that part of the business is kind of... Uh, dead for a while for them, so they decided to make a yeah. game about escape rooms, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit of a weird thing because escape rooms are essentially trying to bring you know video game puzzles into real life as a, a thing you can interact with, and they get through different kinds of difficulties. And this game is kind of uh, doing some of that stuff here, mm-hmm. uh, where they have you know it starts with you going through. A an escape room that is pretty shitty to begin with. Yeah. Uh, as you have like a note that it tells you like, oh, it underlines certain words. And you're like, oh, this says, you know, look at the clock to figure out the code. Then you go to the clock on the wall that is broken with a note on it that says, hey, this is the code. Sorry, the yeah. clock is broken. And you can go over to the, the safe to put in the code. Uh, there's like a, a quote unquote treasure chest that is just a cardboard box with a note and it says like, yeah, we ran out of budget for a treasure chest, so just pretend that that's what this is, uh, kind yeah. of thing. So it's a, a pretty quick uh, puzzle room that uh, once you get out, you kind of notice nobody's in the, uh, you know, in this area anymore mm-hmm. in the business, and you're like, what the hell's going on? And I noticed that there's some potential clues to help you figure out uh, the further puzzles. As you see notes like, oh, this candidate seems promising, kind of weird stuff there. And so you go take a look at uh, some of this stuff, uh, figure out the puzzle, and you kind of open this weird path in the uh, bathroom that goes down to like a big subway Mm -hmm. that takes you to the Escape Academy, I guess almost like a Hogwarts for escape rooms of yeah. sorts, but with less, uh, less turfs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> to, at least as far as I've seen. Uh, so yeah, once you get there, you kind of, uh, do an introductory one that just, uh, the headmaster basically like, 
yeah, you're going to be locked in this room for 15 minutes. There's gas pouring in mm-hmm. to the room. And at 15 minutes, you know, you will lose all memory of what happened here as we, you know, escort you out of the the academy, I guess. Uh, but it's like, oh, you got to figure out her name and start yeah. looking around the room, trying to figure out, okay, what's our things that will, you know, help you solve puzzles to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that stuff. There's one that you had to go through some elaborate thing where I already figured it out because they give you a picture and it's like, well, it's all these people in masks and there's only one that looks like anything like what the, the headmaster does. Uh, it's like a younger version of herself, but I was like, okay, I think that's the name. And I eventually officially figured it out later, but mm. uh, it's like, First, middle, and last name you kind of have to figure out. And it has some some neat ways of solving some of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a, an interesting game. Some nice puzzle design and all that kind of stuff. Uh, once I figure it out, but I haven't had any trouble solving anything so far. Mm. But they do kind of build in some time pressure stuff. Uh, there's one where you're going through these, like, tiered... Uh, uh, like maintenance rooms that there's water flooding the whole place. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the next floor, it just automatically like fills up up to the floor. So that's, you know, there's still pressure there mm. for that stuff. Uh, I say the, the one negative I have about the game is the controls aren't particularly great on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the camera controls here, cause it's first person as you're walking around, mm-hmm. uh, the camera control is fairly kind of slow and laggy. There's no, there might be options to turn up sensitivity, but just like looking around, trying to figure out what you can interact with and what you can't. uh, It's Mm -hmm. a little bit annoying at times trying to figure that stuff out. And there are a couple of puzzles where uh, I had a problem just controlling them because one involved, like uh, you take this painting and you shred it up sort of like the, the big Banksy painting that was uh, sold off a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you put the the pieces in the correct order and there'd be times where I go to grab one piece to move over and it wouldn't let me uh, select where it would go because uh, another piece was technically in the way kind of yeah. thing. It was like some weird control overlap stuff where the the areas where your cursor could click on a thing overlapped with others and it just caused like issues like that. And yeah. Uh, it's not too big of a deal. It hasn't like ruined my chance of solving any puzzles, but mm. uh, maybe that will when the time pressure gets bigger. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the escape Academy. The nice thing is that what they do after you finish a puzzle or a, an escape room is it shows you like a timeline of things that you uh, did uh, mm-hmm. it's not in the order that you did them? I would have liked that as an option. Mm. Maybe that is, but uh, it'll show you like, oh, at this time you you got this picture, and at this time you figured out the code and entered it in here, and you know did this. And you're like, oh yeah, okay. And you can see like, oh yeah, here's where it took me like nine minutes to figure this stupid thing out. Mm. But you know, you can look at the the timestamps and be like, yeah, that's when I said like, oh fuck this, I'll go do something else real quick. Mm. And I came back kind of thing. Uh, so that's, it's a nice thing. I kind of wish you could say like, Oh, don't show me in the way that you want to show it to me. 
Uh, let me see it in the order of, you know, when I accomplish these things kind of stuff. But uh, so far it's been pretty good. I've completed uh, three of the puzzles and uh, three of the rooms. And as you do that, you're kind of filling out this uh, like a suitcase kind of thing uh, with pieces of this like crest, I assume, for the, the academy uh, as you do it. So there seems like there's going to be quite a bit because there's still a lot of room in that suitcase so that seems like a a good time i think it's 20 bucks normally and it's uh on game pass as well for console and pc so that might be worth checking out you can also play it with other people i think locally and online uh for that so that might be worth checking out for people uh let's see the other game i've been playing a bunch of this week is power wash simulator it hit 1.0 on thursday and I've been mainly playing it on PC, as you know, Steam is where I've been primarily playing it since last year when it went into early access, and that has been a lot of fun. Um, but I basically restarted on my campaign instead of uh, going with the uh, continuing with the last few maps that were in there, mm-hmm. as you know, I wanted to just kind of replay it and. Uh, see how how the the campaign experience is with that. So uh, I'm at the point where I'm doing a cottage in the forest mm. that is very much uh, themed around. Oh, this is like Hansel and Gretel's house uh, kind of thing. Though you get uh, hints that maybe they uh, these are two people that robbed a bank. As you find weird graffiti under the dirt. Mm-hmm. On the side of the house, it's like a, you know, a classic style of criminal with a big bag of money running from a bank mm-hmm. kind of thing with a finger over his mouth saying, you know, keep quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm working towards the the last uh, washer, the, the pro washer, uh, which requires a lot of money. So I'm not really spending too much of it at this point, but have been trying to get to the achievements. Uh, for your most of the 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 different jobs have an achievement tied to them for doing it in some weird way. Uh, probably the the hardest one I've seen so far is one for the fire station where it is basically telling you to uh, not use the scaffolding at any point, which is a bit tough mm-hmm. when there's sort of a a big building that they do their sort of fire training in that is all sorts of soot and shit and it's uh, a little tall for what your uh your person can do uh just standing on the ground uh, even with some of the the extension nozzles you have uh yeah, there's usually like uh, ones that are for like short uh short distance washing and one for long distance uh, and i think you can eventually get an extra long one for some of these different washers uh, but the long one's the one I had and managed to eventually get all of it there. But yeah, the uh, that was kind of the, the toughest one because you're not supposed to get on it at all, which is annoying and you can't use the ladder on it to get some extra height either. So mm. uh, that was a bit of a, a chore. But uh, the one that was sort of the toughest overall is one where you have to get to 95% complete, but you can't finish any specific task on there. Uh, so that is kind of a 
a tough one. I did it on the, I think the second house you get to, the bungalow, that I managed to do it. Uh, but then I fucked it up when I was trying to get the achievements for that map, which is to do all the, the rain gutters last. Because uh, trying to get the, the last little bits on some of these areas, I ended up hitting the gutters just enough that I uh, cleared that uh, before uh, finishing up everything else. So that was kind of annoying, but I'll go and do it later. So no real biggie. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that, uh, playing some more of that and getting to the end there. But uh, I did also play the Xbox version uh, which I would say is not the ideal version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 way they've mapped everything to controllers, maybe not the greatest. Uh, they try to map a lot of stuff to the to the uh, controller itself, and I've I've been doing some work trying to remap buttons to make it as good as possible. So they put like stuff on the D pad that I've ended up moving over to the. Uh, the triggers are the the shorter button, so I have the show dirts on the left trigger, and your waters on the right, which is how it is in the the base game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think dirt is on the D pad, I think left or right or something like that. I forget. Uh, then I move the aim mode, uh, which lets you uh, switch between the sort of camera locked mode, where it's the default, or as you you know move your cursor, your uh, your washer, you know, the camera moves with it, which can cause motion sickness in some people. Uh, but if you uh, switch it over to the aim mode, you can sort of freely aim it within the screen, mm. uh, sort of like a, a Wii first-person shooter does. But yeah, that's. Uh, uh, but in the uh, the Xbox version, the, con- the the controller version, you know, the the sensitivity on that stuff is pretty low, so you're not able to. Uh, move things, move the the washer as fast as I can on the PC, where I'm just literally just swiping the mouse left and right, you know, very fast to just kind of get most of the dirt off before I, you know, go a little slower to uh, finish off any leftover dirt kind of thing. Uh, I moved a a few other things around. I think I put the the crouch controls on the B button. Uh, so it's kind of like a first-person shooter instead of, I think, one of the left or right stick buttons. So, yeah, there's that. It it runs fine uh, for that stuff, though. The weird thing is if you go into the options in the PC versions, there are four tabs. On the console version, there's three. But if you go to tab over, you end up in a point where uh, it's not highlighting a tab, but it's not showing anything. Uh, so that's the the graphics tab that has just been made invisible, but you can still technically highlight it. It just doesn't show it. It's kind of a weird thing that they uh, didn't kind of just remove it completely. And yeah, you don't have any like graphics options, which for the most part isn't really all that necessary, but there are a few things that probably would have been nice to have for people. But uh, yeah, that's been largely what I've been playing. Brandon, how about you? Well, uh, as for me, uh, I more or less finished what I wanted to do with Skyrim, so I decided it was time to uh, move on to some other stuff. Uh, So I decided to go back and use my Game Pass uh, subscription to go ahead and basically download something that 
I had tried to play and had played sort of in fits and starts a few times before. Uh, and that's a game called The Evil Within, which was uh, originally it was a launch title for a game that was. But yeah, basically, I had a. Uh, it w- I got um, Evil Within, it's a launch title for the PS4, for the Xbox One uh, back in the day. It's a set survival horror game. It's created by uh, the guys behind. It's by Tango Gameworks, directed by the guy behind the Resident Evil series, um, and it's pretty good. Like it's legitimately got some amazing art direction on it, and you know the gameplay's pretty solid and fun. But the problem is that the guy who you play as just does not emote the way that a survival horror protagonist should. He emotes the same way like a grizzled action hero does. And this is not a grizzled action hero type game. It's a legitimately kind of Clive Barker-esque disturbing sort of story where you're essentially launched into this nightmare world that doesn't seem to follow any real logic and just constantly surrounded by group by you know just gore and violence and this dude is like it's it just doesn't work um it doesn't really take away from the actual game itself because the game itself is really solid it's just that it's very it's very obvious that they kind of miscast whoever was supposed to be the voice actor i'm told that they apparently did much better in the sequel which i have actually never played, so I hope to get to that point, to that game after I finish with this one. Um, but other than that, I have also, much like Chris, I've also been playing Power Wash Simulator. Uh, unlike him, this is actually the first time I've actually gotten to play it, as a, you know, my computer doesn't really have the graphical capability to play the one on Steam, but... Um, and yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's very entertaining. Um, it lets you have all the sort of, you know, the sort of satisfaction that comes from, you know, the real sort of being super OCD about everything without having to deal with all the problems that come from actual power washing, like, you know, having a sore hand because the apparatus you're using is constantly vibrating when you're using it. But I will say that just like what Chris said, there are parts of it where the controls are a little too restrictive for what you need because um, you can't really, you know, like, you know, arc the arc the uh, apparatus around sort of the way that you would kind of want it, especially when you're going up like a huge wall or something that your client trying to clean the side of because. You know, it, you know, with the one you can do on Steam, you can use the mouse and you can just go, you know, just wave it around as much as you want. But because of the way the controls are mapped, um, you're kind of restricted to, you know, the immediate vicinity of what you're working on, um, at least what your what your view is. Um, other than that, though, uh, you know, it's actually really entertaining and just bizarrely fun and it's just one of those games where you can literally just sort of turn your brain off and just you know enjoy the just sort of simple pleasure of 
cleaning something without actually having to do any actual cleaning. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been play- playing. So what about you, Dandra? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time because uh, I've been gearing up for uh, San Diego Comic Con. It's coming up at the coming up uh, this Wednesday, going through Sunday. So I'm getting some uh, situations lined up with that. I have an interview with a uh, uh, Stern Pinball. So yeah, looking forward to that stuff. So I haven't um, actually gotten a chance to play much of anything aside from like uh, doing an anime binge. I started um. Dragon Ball Super, but I digress. Uh, anyway, uh, the game that I have been playing is one that I've had on my radar for a while, and I decided to just go ahead and uh, pull the trigger because I had some Nintendo coins that were going to expire anyway. And the game that I got was Neon White. So this is an indie game uh, published by um, Annapurna. I think the guy behind uh, Donut County um, was um, mm-hmm. at the helmet of this game too. And yeah, like... It's strange because this one has been shown on a couple of events uh, before this, like whether it would be a Nintendo Direct and like just, just other indie stuff. And um, it was a game that I didn't know if I'd really be into because it was primarily in first person and it seemed to have like a card mechanic that I don't really care for. However, when you when you play the game, it is uh, nothing like that at all. If anything, it feels like a um, more of a speed running type of game mixed with some uh, mirror's edge because it's really just uh, um, platforming so the game's level design is really intense uh, the, the point of the game was just to just get from point a to point b and um yeah there is there is a story involved like you're um you're essentially uh trying to get to heaven and you see a whole bunch of angels and Let's just say when you when you first start it, nothing makes sense, and uh, as you continue to play, it continues to not make any sense. But then again, I'm only maybe about thirty minutes to an hour the way through, and yeah, I'm just really having fun with the, with, with just how the game is designed. Uh, so, like I said, like it's it's a speed running game where you just get from point A to point B, and uh, it's it, it's it's in first person. So, like you know, you, you run, you jump, you just uh, get to the end. And the cards that I was talking about earlier are actually just certain power-ups to help you get through it. So, for example, like one, one um, card is a gun. So you'll need the gun in order to kill all the enemies on, on, on the map. Or you'll also have a double jump, uh, which, you know, you'll need to get to higher areas and whatever it may be. So um, the real fun in the game is just trying to find the certain ways to just beat the level as fast as possible and to give you more of a... Of to, to give you more motivation is after you finish a level, your um, anybody anybody who's played the game on your friends list, it'll it'll show their times. So um, for me in particular, like there, there's two other people um, on my friends list who have played the game, and I'm like, oh wow, I was able to you know get a better time than these two guys on my first try. So cool, I'll go I'll go ahead and move on from there. And like like I said, like there there is a linear point to it. Like there is like an, you you can finish or beat the game. Um, you know, roll credits and whatnot. But um, the main thing is, uh, it's 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 really weird because normally, like beating the game would be enough for me, and I'd move on. But it's it's just really addictive to go ahead and like try to find the fastest way through a level. You know, whether whether it be to just be the best guy on your friends list, or you know, once you get on top of that, yeah. uh, you can have the global leaderboard and like you know just uh, beat other people there as well. And yeah, like the, the game is only available on Switch and PC right now, so I don't know about uh, whether it'll be coming to Xbox or PlayStation anytime soon. But um, 
yeah, like as soon as I got my hands on this game, like within half an hour, like I knew that this is definitely going to be on my top 10 somewhere. And like right now, like having only played through the little bit I have, that it, it's easily in the top five. Like I am having so much fun and it's definitely uh, one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. So yeah, that's about it. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news. And first off, uh, this is kind of the first full month for the new PlayStation Plus. So they have uh, formally announced their first big update for what they're calling the game catalog lineup, uh, which is for the set, uh, the extra and premium tiers. And yeah, so let's go through the games that they're adding for that. The sort of highlights they have here is Stray uh, for PS4, PS5. That'll be there for day one. Uh, they're also adding... Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade is the PS5 version with the Intermission DLC uh, that features Yuffie. So that sort of gives you a good uh, a good chunk of that game for you know no added cost to that subscription. And yeah, as they mentioned here, Final Fantasy VII Remake is also part of uh, the PS4 offerings as well. So. If you only have the PS4, there you go for that stuff. Uh, they're also adding Marvel's Avengers for PS4 and PS5. So you can check that out. I think they just added the Mighty Thor to that. Sort of timing with the the new Thor movie there. So uh, let's see. The other stuff for East, uh, the extra tier. Uh, Ubisoft has a, a bunch of Assassin's Creed games coming in. Uh, there's Unity. There's uh, Black Flag. Rogue Remastered, uh, Freedom Cry, and the Ezio Collection. So that gives you, I think, most of the stuff from 2 onward. Um, not, I have to double-check what other Assassin's Creed games are already on the service, but I think 3, I think Syndicate, and you know the, the newer ones, Origins, Odyssey, and uh, I forget what the last one was. But... Uh, yeah, those are uh, the ones that aren't on this list. I think a couple of those are already on there. Uh, so there you go. You get a bunch of Assassin's Creed stuff as part of the Ubisoft Plus uh, stuff there. So let's see. Saints, Saints Row 4 and Saints Row God of Hell. Uh, the last two Saints Row games there to check out. Uh, Saints Row 4 and God of Hell are kind of very Crackdown-esque in their the way they're all set up. So uh, those are... Neat games to check out. Uh, let's see. Spirit of the North Enhanced Edition as the PS5 version of that game. And that is kind of a, a platformer adventure game of sorts uh, where you're a spirit, uh, spirit fox, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, for that game. Uh, kind of going through uh, this little adventure kind of thing. So uh, that was a neat one, too check out so there you go uh they're adding some kid-friendly stuff here ice age scratch nutty adventure uh, for ps4 jumanji the video game for ps4 paul patrol on a roll for ps4 and the last one is a sony published game ready set heroes for the ps4 that's one of those games that's also on epic game store and has cross play for that so that is one you can check out as well uh, sort of a multiplayer dungeon crawler, I guess, for that. So that's the 
the the extra lineup there. For people who have that tier. Uh, if you are on premium, uh, the games they're adding for this month are No Heroes Allowed for the PSP, uh, which I believe that is a... Uh, let me double check. Okay, yeah, I know this. This is a game in the Batman series. Mm-hmm. That is sort of a, a Sony uh, series for the PSP that you're controlling, you know, the bad guy. Mm. Uh, and this one is the third game that uh, you are sort of building a dungeon of sorts for your minions to proliferate and uh, try to stop the heroes from getting to you and killing you. So mm-hmm. that's uh, one of the uh, the classics here. The other one, Locoroco Midnight Carnival. Uh, a very good little Locoroco uh, puzzle platformer that is sort of Halloween-themed mm. to that, but that seems to be it for this month. Uh, so that is a little more light than I would have hoped for that stuff. I would have hoped for maybe a couple of PS1 games in there as well. Yeah, I mean, as light as it is, it's definitely um, still a pretty good lineup from what I see here. Obviously, Stray is going to be the big one. That's that's definitely something that I've been looking forward to ever since it was announced at at, at the PS5's uh, debut event. And you know, the, the, the those classic Assassin's Creed games and the, and the Saints Row games are also very meaty in their own right. So if you haven't gotten a chance to play those or are looking to like see where they all started, those would be a good way to start. And for me in particular, um, Spirit of the North is a game that I've been, I've had my eye on for quite a while, but um, just haven't gotten around to it. So now that it's available there on a subscription, um, I'm definitely more, uh, um, more likely to finally get a chance to uh, try it out. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some potential uh, rumored games for the the classic stuff for premium. I think uh, Dino Crisis, I forget what other ones were potentially leaked, but there were a couple that were potentially mentioned on like the PlayStation blog for Italy. I think that got taken down, so that's causing people to get uh, weird about that stuff, but mm-hmm. it seems like a pretty solid lineup for the month. Yeah, uh, especially the first one, getting some more of that Ubisoft stuff, so you can check out some of the more, I guess it would be classic styled Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. As weird as that is to say about those games, but uh, yeah, there you go. Let's get to some dates here. Uh, that will be, let's see, Multiverses is going into open beta mm-hmm. on July twenty sixth. Uh, I guess if you played in any of the previous alpha. Access periods, uh, they will be available July 19th, as of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Or you'll potentially be able to watch Twitch streams to get a drop, uh, a code from a drop there. Mm. Uh, and that'll be on uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC for these tests. So there you go. Like they've said, that's... Uh, Oh, who is it? The Iron Giant will be the big addition mm-hmm. to the cast that's been in these early early access tests. Yep. So, yeah, you can check it out. Yeah, it honestly, it just, it kind of just reminds me of that Nickelodeon game. And it's just, it's a Smash Brothers lookalike, and it just 
I don't know. I, I guess what I'm hoping is maybe they'll have actual voice acting, unlike the other one. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little more positive on it uh, j- just for that. I mean, like with the trailer that the uh, that that we have linked here, it looks like they at least have some. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like absolutely fully voiced, but um, it'll definitely help. And as for the Nickelodeon game, like you know, yeah, I've I've, uh, I've talked about it in the past. Like it's, it's it's actually a really solid game, but the fact that it doesn't have any of the real Nickelodeon flair as far as like its voices and its production just brought it down. Uh, mm. The funny thing is though, they actually, I think they added a few, um, a few weeks ago through a DLC, but I don't know if anybody's still playing the game and I've seen it mm. like, down like 15 bucks in some places. So uh, they're probably just catching up there, but if it's a, if it finds a way to, you know, get an audience, great. I mean, with multiverses, you have uh, you have a free to play uh, sta- uh, set up here. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Obviously, with all these WB characters, there's a lot of promise here, but it's also a little bit weird. I mean, I love the Iron Giant, but look at him in the game. He's not a giant. So, mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's kind of the weird thing is you have to make everybody you know, fit on the screen. So using a character that literally did not fit on the screen in their original you know, movie uh, highlights some of the weirdness when they have to like shrink them just to make them fit. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's, it seems like that should be, she maybe plays the boy and then can call in the iron giant to do attacks uh, kind of thing. That would seem like that would fit the game a bit better. But then I guess nobody cares about the boy as far as being in the fighter. Cause he's not really a fighter. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's the weird thing, but that's also what you get when you're just pulling from this ridiculous catalog of characters and properties that Warner Brothers has, especially in their their new form. Mm. But yeah, speaking of uh, multiplayer games, Rumble Versus mm. has uh, a, a new uh, date. It was originally supposed to come out February earlier this year, but they got delayed to Kind of keep working on it, and it'll be out August 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's see, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Uh, for that, Season 1 begins August 18th, so you get a little bit of time to get in and uh, play a little bit before it kind of kicks off. Uh, but mm-hmm. We'll have cross-play and cross-progression between all the platforms, so we'll be able to do that. That is the, the Battle Royale game that is a wrestling game. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you can uh, go around, learn moves, uh, find books around the map to uh, pick up some moves, uh, upgrade them, all that kind of stuff. You can do fun stuff like suplexes, clotheslines, mm-hmm. uh, even do elbow drops off of buildings, kind of stuff that I've seen Jeff Gerson playing it a bit, and that seems like a really fun thing when you can pull it off. Uh, so, yeah, there's a it looks like it's going to be a pretty fun game. So that'll be uh, kicking it off here in uh, about a month. Uh, so that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, let's see. Also coming out next month is Yars Recharged. As uh, Atari kind of continues their sort of remake series of some of their classic games. Yep. This one takes Yars Revenge and kind of spurses it up with some uh, modern visuals, but not really like what they tried in the XBLA PSN era. 
mm-hmm. of games where they kind of turned it into oh what was it i'm trying to think like a panzer dragoon kind of style thing mm-hmm. that kind of made sense but also was just kind of uh straying a lot from what that game was yeah but yeah this one's coming to everything uh, august 23rd i believe it'll be 10 bucks like the others but you get the in arcade mode uh, boss rush of 30 enemies it's not mm-hmm. endless, but difficult to get through all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have missions to play through. Uh, let's see, a bunch of power-ups and even co-op if you want to play with a friend. Uh, so there you go. That'll be out August 23rd. Yeah. Yara's Revenge is, was... Uh, actually, like, it, it's like... It, it's probably... In fact, I'm pretty sure it was, like, the best-selling original game that they made for the 2600 back in the day. Um, and I think part of it was simply because the game is on top of just being pretty original, um, for its concept. It was unusual in the fact that at a time, most video games, like at place plot wise, was at most just like, here, here's a spaceship. This is the thing you got to shoot at. Shoot that to win the game. The game actually came with like, had like a a sh- actually, for its time, a shockingly elaborate backstory. Um, and, uh, I mean, in fact, when the game originally was came out and was released, it actually came with, like, a comic book that would, like, actually told the whole, like, told what the story is, like, who Yara was and what he was trying to get revenge for. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's legitimately... You know, it's one of those games that's actually really good, even though back in the day it apparently got pretty mediocre reviews. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, hope this does good because yeah. uh, you know that that original game is a classic for a reason. You know, if you could figure out how to play it, that is. <laughs> yeah, it's a complex game for a platform that had one stick and one button for its controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was how you stood out, oftentimes. Yeah. But, and that was also a time frame where, you know, you couldn't look up, you know, walkthroughs or guides or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just had to figure it out or say, oh, this game's shit. Mm-hmm. And get rid of it. But, uh, yeah. For uh, the next game here is a bit of a surprise one. It's a new Kirby game. Uh, not, you know, a full, you know, platformer like what we just had earlier this year, but... Mm. As is grand tradition, uh, HAL Laboratory makes a lot of spin-off games, a lot of weird little side stuff, and mm-hmm. this is uh, no stranger to that. That's Kirby's Dream Buffet, mm-hmm. uh, which is a multiplayer kind of food-eating game, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's essentially just from the way the, the trailer frames it. So you have, like, four Kirbys of different colors. Uh, he gets... Because he's trying to eat cake and gets mm-hmm. shrunken down. And that's actually a good thing for him, I guess. Because uh, then it looks even bigger. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, competes with these other Kirbys to eat as much stuff on the the cake to get bigger and bigger till I guess you reach a time frame at the end mm-hmm. and biggest Kirby wins. Mm. So that's kind of the the whole caveat, which is a pretty simple uh, thing. Uh, it seems cool. like it's 
this looks like a thing that would be free to play, but it looks like it's going to be paid because they will be uh, selling it digitally and at codes at retail, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to be like a $10 game, something that's not too expensive because that doesn't seem like a a fairly like deep game Yeah, to it. Just be a multiplayer game. You can just play for a good bit and uh, have some fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game looks like a whole lot of fun. Um, I'm loving the art style. Uh, very reminiscent of the uh, cake level in the Mario Party game. And um, yeah, I like, I mean, you know, the description says, yeah, it's all about collecting the most strawberries and stuff. But I'm just wondering, like, how the gameplay nuances are actually going to be. Like, yeah, it's not going to be a full-on platformer, but there is some. there is still some platforming involved. There's racing. There's this, like, you know, just uh, fun, fun uh, competitiveness here. And uh I don't know, like, it, it kind of, like, looks like Fall Guys, but with, with, with the Kirby flair, and uh, I'm looking forward to it coming. Um, the funny thing is it says summer, and we're in the summer now, so this has to be coming sooner than later, I hope. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the price thing is going to be a little bit of a concern. And, um, you know, whether it's free-to-play or something, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, what the actual hook will be, or, you know, mm-hmm. when maybe it'll be a Nintendo Online exclusive, who knows, but... Uh, yeah, it, it does look a lot of fun, and Kirby and the Forgotten Land is one of the best games of the year, so this guy's on a roll. Mm. Yeah. Yep, so yeah, that is going to be happening at sometime this summer. Mm-hmm. No idea when. I'm going to guess probably August. Because, uh, you know, if it was coming out sooner, they would probably announce a date. Mm. But who knows? Maybe it'll be a Nintendo Switch Online game. Mm-hmm. It'll come with uh, one of the subscriptions for that. That'd be an interesting idea, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, let's see. Wasn't the only like surprise announcement Nintendo had this week? They oh. announced a date for Bayonetta three. Mm-hmm. It'll be out October twenty eighth mm-hmm. uh, with a big trailer, and also announced a uh, a new option in the game where they're calling it Naive Angel Mode. Mm-hmm. Where when she's doing her transformations, uh, she doesn't you know strip naked with the the hair covering uh, the non yeah. bits. Uh, yeah, I think the hair still does its thing, but she just still has the suit on. Yeah, as she's doing that. Yeah, it's just a it's a optional thing that you can put on there if you want to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're also going to have a, a special edition called the Trinity Masquerade Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a 200-page art book and uh, probably some other stuff. They don't really give too many details on that. Mm-hmm. They'll probably reveal details on that later when they announce, you know, when pre-orders are going to go up for it. Mm. So We'll see. Yeah. I'm definitely getting it because <laughs> I very much love the first two games and uh, definitely anticipating this one. Yeah. Yeah, it has the perfect release date too. You know, we're right, right around Halloween. We got the we, we got the witch coming out, so yeah, definitely looking forward to that one as well. Um, although I have to admit, I haven't beaten any of the last two, so maybe I can get on that. And uh, they they did also announce that they're gonna um, release the first one uh, physically too. So uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a good chance there, and um, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a uh, Bayonetta three. And let's see, yeah, the next one here, the Sega Genesis Mini 2, mm-hmm. uh, finally got announced. 
uh, for a North America release. It's a very weird thing when they announced this because it is not uh, being sold in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is all being sold on Amazon through uh, Amazon Japan, mm-hmm. uh, through Sega Japan. So it's retailing at sort of whatever the uh, the price is for that, as they're saying here, one hundred and two dollars and thirty eight cents, mm-hmm. with a twenty two dollar delivery fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is being sold out of the the Sega Japan, uh, whatever warehouse sort of thing. Mm. So it's kind of a weird thing of like, oh, we're gonna, you know, release localized version of this thing, but we're not gonna, you know, sell out of North America so that costs are cheaper or anything. Mm-hmm. So like in Japan, it's essentially like 70 bucks or so uh, for that. So that's just kind of a, a very weird thing that is happening there. But they've also confirmed the library games, which is largely mostly what is in the Japanese version. But yeah. uh, the Sega CD stuff is uh, much smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, let's see. Sonic CD, Feed, Shining Force CD, yeah. Mansion of the Hidden Souls, and... I think that's it for the Sega CD stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas there's like ten of them on the Genesis or the the Mega Drive version announced so far. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the Genesis games are already the same on there. Mm-hmm. Might be a few differences because I think this has like 23 games on this list. Mm-hmm. So it's roughly about the same. But yeah, it's kind of just a weird way that they're handling all of this. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, it'll have 50 titles when it releases mm-hmm. and that'll be October 27th. So right around the same time as Bayonetta three. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, the, and alongside that, we also got news of the next 11 games that are coming to the Japanese, uh, mega drive mini, mm-hmm. uh, mega drive mini two. Yeah. Uh, here. And yeah, there's, uh, Haramanada which is a game based on a Japanese manga yep. about a sumo wrestler mm-hmm. who's trying to become the best one of those. Yep. Uh, so that's like a 2D fighting game. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Alien Soldier, Fatal Fury 2. Uh, another one here, it's Japanese only. Let's see, translation, translation says, Gambler, Chico, Chronicle, Masayuki, Katayama's Mahjong Donga, uh, Dojo. Yeah, it's a Mahjong game. You know, some anime stuff in there. Let's mm-hmm. see. 21 popular characters such as Dora Mochisugi and Hideyoshi Toyotomi. Mm-hmm. In addition to the class competition set in uh, Shigaku High School, you can also enjoy the free competition where you can choose your favorite character. Quiz style Mahjong Dojo where you can improve your Mahjong. Yep. That's very 90s uh, anime. Style for the oh, most yeah. art. So there you go. Uh, there's Spatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the heck is this? Oh, this is, a, this is an arcade game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or an arcade style game. Yeah, 1984 arcade game being ported over as a, a kid on a tricycle tries to race around the map kind of thing. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the first port over to Genesis, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Super Street, Street Fighter 2, the new Challengers. Also going to be on this 
and Tatsujin, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shmup. Mm-hmm. Of course, like half the games on this on this system are shmups of some kind. Uh, let's see, for the Mega CD games, there's Final Fight CD, mm-hmm. which is Final Fight with like better audio, better music. Uh, Lunar Eternal Blue and Lunar the Silver Star, so yeah. big RPGs on there. And Wonder Mega Collection, uh, which is, let's see, like a little, I'll say a package of four different kinds of games. Quiz Scramble, mm-hmm. uh, just sort of a graphical showcase. Let's see, oh, they have Flicky on here, Paddle Fighter, and Puzzle Game Pyramid Magic Soshuen. Mm-hmm. Whose sounds have been enhanced for the CD. So there you go. Weird collection of games, but there you go. And yeah, that's all the the ones announced for Mega Drive Mini 2, uh, titles 23 to 33. Uh, so there you go. Some some neat looking stuff yeah. for that system. Not many of those are going to come over to the the North American version, so... Yep. Uh, I guess some of those are Japanese as hell. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But uh, yeah, let's see. Some EA news here. Mm-hmm. There's been Kate news happening of late. As we're sort of talking about it a bit more, showing off uh, very early gameplay stuff. Mm-hmm. As they're getting people to checking it out, giving feedback. Uh, but they also announced that Skate is going to be free to play mm-hmm. uh, on, I believe it's PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Is what they've announced so far, and maybe mobile as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're going to support a large number of players for its multiplayer modes. Mm. Uh, let's see new cooperative building areas to build up uh, skate parks and such uh, more easily uh, yeah let's see it'll have microtransactions but the team wants it to be friendly to players you know pay to win stuff no paid loot boxes map areas will not be locked behind paywalls cosmetics will be the focus of monetization so yeah you can get that kind of stuff mm-hmm they say they're looking at Apex Legends for what to do with that, which means it's going to be fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, for free-to-play, that seems like a pretty solid idea for that game. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how many people are all that interested in buying a big-budget skateboarding game, uh, especially like 60 or 70 bucks mm-hmm. these days, and make it free-to-play and keep supporting it mm-hmm. for a long time, you'll uh, get a big audience. And that probably works out in the end for them. Uh, so that's that's neat. Uh, the other EA news is actually some good news uh, for their Bioware games. Uh, they've always had this weird Bioware point system for buying the DLC for the Mass Effect games and Dragon Age games that... People have been annoyed because like that stuff never really goes on sale. Yeah. Uh, in any way, so it's like, oh, I can get the game for like ten bucks, but I have to pay you know fifty bucks for the DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being very annoying. So they're killing Bioware points. Yeah. Which means all of that DLC will be going free on the PC versions. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the caveat there on the PC versions. <laughs> that's the only place where they had those points. Yeah. Uh, so people that have been holding out for deals and whatnots, uh, they get the ultimate reward and not having to pay anymore. Uh, so that'll start October 11th. Uh, so you'll be able to 
Start uh, grabbing that stuff. Let's see, Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, those will be under a big orange Get It Free button in the Origin launcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, uh, under the game's Extra Content tab. Other premium currencies such as yeah, Battlefront 2's currency, and Dragon Age Inquisition's Platinum, which is all like the, the multiplayer stuff, mm-hmm. are still going to stay. It's just the Bioware points is the thing they're going to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the multiplayer packs for Mass Effect 3 are the only thing it's not going to... Also not going to change. That's because mm-hmm. it didn't use Bioware points. It's just yeah. game credits. So, yeah, you get all that uh, nice story content uh, for the cool price of free. Mm-hmm. Instead of just putting a price on it, a regular price, a dollar price on it. So... Yeah, there you go. Something cool. Now you can finally uh, check out the DLC for those games mm-hmm. uh, 10 years or more later. So mm. there you go. Some good news. Uh, let's get to some indie games doing very well. Cuphead, they just put out their uh, DLC, The Delicious Last Course, uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they've announced that it's already topped 1 million uh, copies sold. Yeah. For the DLC, so that's great. Yeah. You can tell people have been waiting for that for a while. Oh, yes. Uh, so there you go. That's done very well. And also, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge game has reached 1 million copies sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also great. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is definitely a a uh, uh, appetite for Turtles games. Good ones. Oh, yeah. You hear that, Platinum? Uh, that's the main point there. Good Turtles games. Because unfortunately, yeah. there aren't a whole lot of those. Yeah, that should mean good things for the collection later this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's actually going to be another big panel at Comic Con this year uh, for the Kawabunga collection. So looking forward to that. But yeah, this is definitely good news. You know, um, Shredder's Revenge is easily one of my favorite games of the year. So I'm happy to see it succeed with already a million sold. Same goes for Cuphead's um, Delicious Last Course. And the thing with that one is, uh, obviously, Cuphead is a few years old now, and um, that that DLC is only eight bucks, so it's a good buy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good value uh, for that game. So yeah, that's uh, exciting to see. Uh, games that have been worked on for quite a while, uh, DLC worked on for a while. Mm. Uh, gets rewarded pretty quickly, uh, so that's uh, that's great news. Uh, let's see what else is here. Got a couple of acquisitions for you. Supermassive Games, makers of Until Dawn, The Quarry, The Dark Pictures Anthology, and a bunch of other games, has been acquired by Nordisk Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a company that also owns the developers of Just Cause, Avalanche Studios, mm. as well as a uh, a portion of Mercury Steam. Uh, who else do they own here? I saw a list. Uh, it's like a couple of smaller, smaller devs below that. But yeah, that's uh, hopefully going to be good news for Supermassive. They kind of get more consistent funding and support to keep working on the the things they're good at. Mm-hmm. That's what to see. But uh, hopefully that works out for them. Yeah. Yeah, because they got one more game coming out this year, the 
the finale for season one of the Dark Pictures Anthology called The Devil and Me. Mm-hmm. That I think has a uh, a bit of like a Saw vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, the next acquisition, Nintendo has announced that they uh, bought an animation studio. Yeah. Uh, Dynamo Pictures. They're going to be renamed as Nintendo Pictures. Mm. Uh, They have been, let's see, they're based in Tokyo, been around for 30 years, providing CG work and motion capture for games and anime. I worked on Persona 5, Near Replicant, Death Stranding. Mm. I created CG for Ghost in the Shell, SAC 2045, uh, Studio Ghibli's Earwig and the Witch, which is our newest movie, and, and the Pikmin short movies. Nintendo did a while back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's kind of uh, interesting. I don't know if they are involved with the the animated movie at all, but this might be just for other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say it's a complete buyout. Uh, so they'll be completing that by October 3rd. Mm-hmm. And purchasing all their shares to fully own the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting uh, transaction here. Um and well, what's what's really highlighted to me is the fact that um, all the stuff that Dynamo worked on in the past is pretty significant. You know, you have Persona yeah. Five on there. Um, you have a bunch of movies. I mean, like Earwig and the Witch. You know, say what you want about the quality of that film, um, but I thought it was a pretty well animated for like you know Ghibli's first uh, full uh, CGI film. And um, yeah, like <clears throat> you know, obviously we don't know if this means there's going to be more TV series or movies in Nintendo's future, but uh, it's definitely in their wheelhouse. They have all the IP to make it happen. And, you know, just lo- looking at, you know, even Super Smash Brothers, for example, like one of, I mean, I don't know if they, if they actually worked on this, but like one of the best things about, you know, Smash 4 or 5 is the fact that, you know, we have all these character reveals and those were some of like the best videos like we've seen in the industry. So seeing this translate into, you know, whether it be Nintendo games or other property moving forward is definitely um, interesting. And um, because, you know, Nintendo's uh, systems are for the most part underpowered, you know, having a talented development house for their, uh, um, for their videos and stuff definitely helps in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned in an update at the bottom that, they're going to mainly be focused on producing CG video content based on Nintendo IP. So probably little shorts and uh, short films, stuff like that, probably. Uh, maybe growing to do some more significant stuff. Well, no. Mm-hmm. Probably hinges a lot on how uh, their first stuff does and maybe how that movie does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mario movie. Yeah. Whether they further invest into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. The last acquisition story we have, Unity has purchased Iron Source. They're essentially going to merge together with them. Mm-hmm. As they describe themselves in the press release, a leading business platform that empowers mobile content creators to turn their apps into scalable, successful businesses. Mm-hmm. That's an all-stock deal. Uh, yeah, once complete, Iron Source will become part of Unity's operation. Its CEO snapping, nabbing a seat on Unity's board. The weird thing has been uh, people sort of digging into Iron Source and trying to figure out like who this company is and 
realizing, oh yeah, this is a company that uh, like triggers uh, the Microsoft, uh, uh, you know, malware stuff. Yeah. On the uh, the Windows mm-hmm. stuff, uh, they're a kind of weirdly known malware provider that is kind of throwing us like a a whole thing that makes it very weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, and it's also weird because they just announced a bunch of layoffs, uh, laying off hundreds of people within the past few weeks. Had to go into that to you know merging with another company. And it's like, is this like a a move where you needed to shed salary to have the capital for this, mm-hmm. uh, or is this company somehow have a bunch of capital that you need to keep doing Unity stuff? Uh, what are they going to change about Unity? Is I've seen lots of tweets from indie devs that work on Unity that are not very happy about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they were you know in the middle of working on games on Unity and have like oh they might be adding a bunch of sketchy stuff to Unity mm-hmm. now and having to deal with that who knows but mm-hmm. yeah this is a deal that's very much does not have a lot of uh, uh, great uh, great reputation to it yeah. Not really. Yeah, maybe it helps them better in like the mobile scene, but I feel like there has to have been better ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Well, it seems a lot more of a, a business deal for the higher ups versus anything that benefits employees, mm-hmm. especially when hundreds have to lose their jobs to get this to go through. So yeah, it's. Uh, some unfortunate news for all the people that work at Unity and that uh, use Unity for you know their games and their their livelihoods. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to see what the uh, the the fallout of that kind of thing here in the next few months and years. Uh, but yeah, next thing here, actually something pretty neat. Uh, PlayStation has announced PlayStation Stars, a new loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is some good news because they largely piggybacked off of uh, Sony rewards mm-hmm. for the past like uh, five, six years, whatever it's been. And Sony rewards is kind of just a weird, like archaic loyalty program. Yeah. Uh, use the app or the, the website. It's very kind of uh, obvious that this is like a, a thing that's just been, it was built, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been updated as much as it should have been. It just feels very archaic mm. in a weird way. So they ended up uh, PlayStation sort of dropping the their their integration into the uh, Sony Rewards, and it seems like they're announcing this whole thing here, yeah, where they say they are. Uh, let's see. A new loyalty program that celebrates you, the player, for being on this ever-growing gaming journey with us. It'll be free to join when it launches later this year. Once you become a member, you'll earn rewards by completing a variety of campaigns and activities. Our monthly check-in campaign simply requires you to play any game to receive a reward. Our other campaigns require you to win tournaments 
mm-hmm. earn specific trophies, or even be the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone. Uh, let's see, all PlayStation Stars members will have opportunities to earn loyalty points. Points can be redeemed in a catalog that may include PSN wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products. As an additional benefit, PlayStation Plus members enrolled in PlayStation Stars automatically earns points for purchases on the PlayStation Store. Mm. Uh, let's see, they're also unveiling a new type of reward called Digital Collectibles. Uh, collectibles are... Yeah, let's see, they are digital representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy, including figurines of beloved iconic characters from games, other forms of entertainment, chairs, devices that tap into Sony's history of innovation, RSB new collectible to earn, ultra-rare collectible to strive for, or something surprising to collect for fun, uh, which got people triggered like, oh, this is NFTs. Mm. Even though like none of the buzzwords here relate to nft there's no like oh play to earn mm. uh you know about reselling and all that so uh i think there's a washington post article that talked to uh grace chen who's heading this program mm. uh, about it and she's like yeah there's no nfts no nothing here none of that shit is in this uh it seems like a lot of the stuff that you know uh, sony's done in the past where they've had special programs to earn you know special themes and avatars and such for, you know, doing some stuff. I think they just recently had a thing for you're in like the first trophy in Horizon Forbidden West and you get a special avatar as part of their little campaign to plant a bunch of trees based on how many people got it, that kind of thing. Uh, So that could be neat. Kind of weird to have stuff tied to like earning the first platinum in your time zone Mm -hmm. kind of thing, but Love to see sort of how it all plays out if it's what these collectibles are. Mm-hmm. They're just unique avatars, kind of like what uh, they've done in the past, and like Nintendo's kind of doing with the that icon stuff mm-hmm. in the Nintendo Switch Online app. Uh, what to see, but seems neat. It's nice to do something more specialized mm-hmm. uh, for PlayStation versus piggybacking on something like Sony Rewards. It's just kind of uh, old and somewhat broken kind of system. Yeah. And let that kind of rot for what it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out, but it's uh, some nice news. Yeah, it's an interesting piece of news. I mean, like, you, you think about companies like Nintendo with their My Nintendo Rewards program, and, you know, 10 years ago, it was just about, oh yeah, put a code in, and now, now things are happening automatically. And it's cool seeing PlayStation sort of respond in their own way with the trophies and whatnot and making them regional. Um, it's just too bad that, you know, something like PlayStation Home was uh, too far ahead of its time because I'm wondering, like, if, if that existed, this would be a whole lot more um, more attractive to me. But, yeah, I mean, Nintendo is doing a solid job with their rewards program, so I'm hoping we see something from PlayStation in regards to physical rewards too, because if it's just like JPEGs and stuff, I don't know how like this will actually move the needle, but I don't know. Well, uh, this news post didn't really say much of anything, uh, but hopefully we get some cooling news soon. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, stay tuned to see more details on that. Uh, let's see. TennoCon happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital streams, big Warframe events. They announced a bunch of stuff, new content. Like they're doing 
uh, some community testing for their cross-platform stuff, so you can, you know, continue your uh, saves, you know, on other platforms. Same with all the purchases and all that kind of stuff. So that's neat. But they did do a, a bit of a surprising thing. They announced a new game, mm-hmm. uh, Soul Frame. Yep. Uh, that is a a whole neat thing. Uh, yeah. Not really much in the way of details. It's you know a free to play action MMO mm-hmm. kind of thing like Warframe is. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like the the core creative team for Warframe has moved over to this new game, mm-hmm. and they've done some promotions to uh, bump up. Like I think it's Rebecca Ford who was sort of one of the chief community people when Warframe launched and has been more integrated into the development team is now heading up the creative mm-hmm. uh, direction for Warframe going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've bumped a bunch of people with the, the core people that have been working on Warframe for the past almost like eight years now Yep, are working on this new game. Uh, it seems like it might be more fantasy themed versus sci-fi mm-hmm. stuff. Definitely. So that's uh, going to be interesting to see is yeah. they get uh further along with that. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely tell that this same creative team because the visuals are pretty much right up Warframe's alley, except it's more on the fantasy side. Um, and as far as like the type of fantasy they're going for, it seems uh, really kind of a hodgepodge, because like, I definitely see like some, some Nordic influence, but also like some more like shamanistic or even like indigenous influence as well, and some Asian in there as well. Gotta admit, the art direction they did for the little piece that they showed is pretty damn good. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how this game shapes out because uh, I'm definitely interested. Yep, yeah, they have a website up for it if you want to. Follow along with development. Mm-hmm. What do they have to show uh, for that? So, yeah. Uh, mm. I don't think they have any sort of time frame, just whenever it's ready. So I imagine that might yeah. be a few years still. Yeah. And don't forget, I mean, look at how long it took for Warframe to basically flesh out. So. Yeah. They will probably do some early access kind of stuff. Founders mm-hmm. packs kind of thing to get people in. Yeah. And kind of get some early feedback for all that stuff. But yeah, this, this is looking very nice. Mm-hmm. And they make sure to mention it's going to be open world. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they're kind of taking the, the open world stuff they've done with Warframe and kind of blowing that up into its own thing. Mm. Uh, versus being, you know, pretty linear stages uh, to get through more, maybe not so much linear, but they're very much like branching in a way, but generally they are what they are mm-hmm. outside of those open world areas, but yep. yeah, that looks neat. Mm. And yeah, the last thing here, uh, Nintendo Japan has announced their uh, they introduced a partnership system last year, March mm. 2021. That was sort of about, you know, the, the benefits and such that, you know, spouses get for those working at Nintendo. Mm-hmm. kind of thing, and they have announced that uh, same-sex partners can enjoy the same benefits as employees mm-hmm. in an opposite-sex marriage. 
Yeah. This is notable because uh, Japan's uh, Supreme Courts, mm-hmm. or their, their courts or Supreme Court, I think, has upheld a ban on same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. uh, ruling them unconstitutional. So that has put a lot of uh, pressure on uh, you know the LGBTQ community in Japan that's already been you know persecuted a lot in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know they've been having to figure out what they need to be doing for their future, whether yep. you know, to leave Japan altogether or keep fighting, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has been probably one of the few uh, companies to speak out in any way like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they say here at Nintendo Co. Limited of Japan, we want to create a work environment that supports and empowers each and every one of our unique employees. We introduced the partnership system in March 2021 as one initiative based on this philosophy. Although same-sex marriages are not currently recognized under Japanese law, Mm-hmm. The system ensures employees who are in a domestic partnership with the same-sex partner have the same benefits as employees in an opposite-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. We have also established that a common-law marriage between couples will be observed in the same way as a legal marriage. Uh, so, yeah, and they talk about their code of conduct, and they do not discriminate on race, ethnicity, uh, nationality, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is... a. Uh, Good news to see. Good news to see Nintendo speaking out on this, especially Nintendo's Japan. Mm-hmm. That tends to be the the one part of the company that is very uh, slow to move on anything like this mm-hmm. in the past. So, yeah, that's good to see. Yeah, definitely. At least until Japan stops electing right-wing leaders. Which, unfortunately, is not going to be any time. Because yeah. uh, that country's politics is basically dominated by the Liberal Democratic Party, and that it is pretty much impossible to that that the Liberal Democratic Party is notoriously like infamous for stuff like gerrymandering and stuff like that, and they've widened their tent so much that it's basically. For all intents and purposes, Japan is basically a one-party state in all but name. <laughs> but, um, yeah, good on Nintendo. Um, and honestly, in, you, it's, corporate influence is really strong in Japanese society, so if they can stick to this, they can probably inspire others to do the same. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's one of the reasons why you're seeing you know young people in Japan being increasingly fed up with the system mm-hmm. over there and either moving or trying to become more of a nuisance mm-hmm. and rebelling against the establishment. And yeah. I wonder why they you don't have you know decreasing birth rates and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's uh, some good news out of Japan, out of mm-hmm. Nintendo over there uh, in an area that's seems increasingly bleak for them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that will do it for the show this week. Uh, we will be back next week with a new slate of news, uh, but thank you to Brandon Denver for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be yeah, back next week. Uh, if you enjoy the show, mm-hmm. feel free to let friends and family know that they should check it out. Uh, and even the unsavory people that uh, may not like you, but, yeah. uh, you know, 
let them know they should also check it out. As long as they don't uh, do anything to threaten your 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 uh, your health. So yeah, we would like more subscribers, but we would prefer it if it didn't cost you a. Lot. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, and have a good one. <laughs>